Wherever we traveled in Ghana, Dr. Angelo attracted crowds. Even people who didn't know her sensed that she was someone special. The fact that she was dispensing love with such natural and joyful ease drew people to her. She greeted well-wishers with patience and reciprocated by displaying an interest in those interested in her. She also shunned adulation. If someone was too effusive with flattery, she could be somewhat stern. On the afternoon that we went to the university so she could greet a few old colleagues, she agreed to meet a group of students. During the colloquy, one young woman, overwhelmed by being in Dr. Angelo's presence, spoke of her as a kind of literary goddess. Please, child, said Dr. Angelo, I am many things, but a deity I am not. We all contain elements of the divine, but I can tell you that I am definitely of this earth. If you see me as saintly, you are not seeing me at all. Seeing that the student was taken aback, Dr. Angelo added, I don't want to sound harsh, my dear, but I grow alarmed when I see young people absorbed in the cult of personality. All that does is distance you from the person you admire. If I drink in your worshipful praise and allow it to inflate my ego, I am injured. If you continue such praise and elevate me to a place where I am no longer a flawed human, your sense of self is diminished and you are injured. After the symposium, when the students all left and I had a few minutes alone with Dr. Angelo, I spoke about my adulation of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I have a hard time thinking of him as anything but superhuman, I explained. Before she responded to my statement, she asked when I'd first become familiar with Dr. King. You had to have been very young, she said. I was. I was only three when he was assassinated and had no real memory of that. But when I was 12, I was in the first real crisis of my life. What happened? asked Dr. Angelo. I was reluctant to get personal. The incident was something I had hardly talked about. But I was flattered and, quite frankly, excited by the interest that Dr. Angelo showed in me. Having read her memoirs, I knew something of the excruciating emotional crises she had faced as a young girl. Compared to hers, mine seemed trivial. When I told her that, she was quick to respond. Since time immemorial, wise people have been saying that all comparisons are odious. When we compare, we set up a winner-loser dynamic. If my crisis is greater than yours, then yours is belittled and insignificant. I say that's nonsense. Each crisis has its own power, its own unique reality. What was the reality of yours, Tavis? With a heady mixture of reluctance and eagerness, I told the story of how our church's minister had falsely accused my sister and me of misbehaving in Sunday school. The accusation was leveled at us during a service when my parents were present. The public humiliation sent my dad into a rage. That evening, he beat us so severely, we had to be hospitalized for weeks. As a result, Social services took us from our parents. My sister never went back home. Ultimately, I did, but it took years for my heart to heal. But I was still in the hospital, wondering why in the world I had been subjected to such cruel punishment. A member of our church brought me a box of old LP records on the Motown label. These were the speeches of Martin Luther King Jr. Those speeches changed my world. They gave me a sense of purpose. They gave me hope. 
They sparked my energy and had me believing in the force of redemptive love. Given all that, how in the world could I ever think of Martin Luther King Jr. as a mere mortal? Oh, I see, said Dr. Angelo. She said those three words, oh, I see, as though my own words had touched her soul. I could see that she felt the pain I had felt. I knew then that she had not merely been listening to me with her ears, but also with her heart. Your story is a precious one, Tavis, and it must sit in the center of who you were, who you are now, and who you will be. I love your story because it is a transformative tale. That event, that unprovoked beating, might well have been one of those upside-down blessings whose manifestation is not known.